saints truly have walked this earth. Mighty men and women of God, whose feats were so titanic, their lives had to be written down. The likes of the mighty Enoch, who lived on this earth 365 years and transfigured in life, without tasting death at all. We have the great Noah, who coupled an unsinkable ark, an ark he entered at 600 years of age and saved mankind from extinction. The Blessed Virgin Mary, a woman who had the capacity to birth the human body of Jesus of Nazareth's prayer books. We have the great Abraham, who waited 100 years to beget a son, a promised child, a child of laughter. We have the great Moses, who at the age of 80 was to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land. We have the great king, David Jesse, who defeated Goliath and Anak as a boy. Samson Manoah was he being on this earth a one man army the man who showed the strength of the superman the man who showed the character of the most holy spirit unmistakably saints have walked this earth but most of them tasted death. In fact, of all those I mentioned, Enoch is the only one that did not taste of death at all. Why? Is death such an obstacle? Such an immovable mountain that since the time of Lord Adam, only two men have managed to defeat her. Yes, she is such a force. She has held on to this earth for millennia, feasting on the bodies of my fallen brothers and sisters. She did not relent. She never let go. Her claws are still wrapped around our necks, slowly draining our life, our youth. The stronghold of death, as they called it. They spoke well. It was a stronghold, truly. I thank God. Supreme God, King and Father of mankind. At a time where his children were preyed upon, broken down by the forces of death had passed. I thank God for sending this salvation package. How can a father, an immortal father, watch his children suffer and die? Time after time, age after age, generation after generation, and be fine. The God that loves us more than anyone else could. That same God whose nature is love. The God of immortals, watching his mortal children die. No, that is not supposed. We have had loved ones die and console ourselves by saying they have gone to be with the Lord. 
which Lord? Because I know that my God is not in the land of the dead. And I know that death is not the way to life. Your God, your Father, is not unconcerned. Since the beginning, he provided the solution, the answer to our prayers. The choice has been resurrection or life. Choose life. That's the same as saying death and life. Because to resurrect, you must first be dead. The God told you to choose life. Why? If you go to heaven through death, why would he tell you to choose life? Why not say live well and die? He is that same God that will one day resurrect the dead. Why is he saying choose life? Because that is when you have pleased God. And you will find that in pleasing God, you have blessed yourself beyond any curse. We left off last episode with a question. What is the raw word of God? And how can we eat it? My father has answered that question. This is something the world needs to know. To put it simply, the raw word of God is revelations about God, about his logos, his unalterable blueprint, about his most holy being and character, rendered in its purest state and height. The raw word of God is truth in its highest form. I say is instead of are to emphasize that these revelations are one. It is the word of God, not the words of God. This truth cannot be gotten from the Bible. Not the Bible we have now. This is not just because there is a problem with the Bible we have now, but because the one who can interpret what was written in its purest state, must have the spirit of prophecy in its fullness. Meaning he is neither a major nor minor prophet, but the prophet. The world has seen only two of this kind before, and their reception by the people was not the best experience. The first of this kind was Elijah of Tishba, whose message was not even written in the Bible. All that was given to us is how he called down fire, begged the widow for food, stopped rain in the land and was fed by ravens, and went to heaven without dying. This world doesn't know that a prophet is first of all a sent one, a messenger. He was sent to the people for a reason. He is not without a message. So what was the message of Elijah of Tishbe? Now Elijah of heaven. The message that the people rejected, because they did reject him. If they had not, he would not have transfigured alone. This man preached to the point where death could no longer take hold of him. He became too young to die. What was his message? Why were the words of this man not given to us in detail? Does that not seem as something that is important for the church on earth to know? By revelations taught by my father, we have known that the message of Elijah of Tishbeh was the gospel of everlasting life. We have all heard of everlasting life, but we have never even considered everlasting 
life. The pause makes a difference. It's not something to be breezed through. It needs to be pondered and understood. Everlasting life. That is the good news. That is the good news to the lepros, to the dying. You can live. How can you come to a dying man, a man that has leprosy, and start talking to him about mansions in heaven? The good news to that man that is dying is the healing of his leprosy. The good news to a mortal is the immortalization of their body. That God does not want them to die. To die is not gain for them. To die is gain only for the principal ancestors, not the children. They pay the price for procreation to take place. The children who were born do not have to die. The second of this kind is none other than John the Baptist. Now why do you think that mighty men of God of this height have always had problems with the existing church on the earth? Why did the people that heard from God have problems with the church? Is that supposed more importantly, is that the same case today? John the Baptist was the earthly son of Zachariah, the last high priest. By rights, he should have been the next, because the Levitical priesthood is by genealogy. But he left the synagogue to preach on his own. Why? We all know that they, the synagogians, tag such a person, a religious harlot. John the Baptist, with his gospel of baptismal regeneration was the man who introduced water baptism as a sacrament. There were reasons he did not seem to shine as bright as Elijah of Tishbe. One of the main reasons was that the God incarnate, Jesus of Nazareth, his preeminence, was on the earth in the same geographical location at that time. And when the sun comes out to shine, we do not see stars. So John the Baptist was eclipsed. He was not just telling the people, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But by revelation knowledge, we now know that he said, the kingdom of heaven is within your reach. Because the God in Jesus of Nazareth, his preeminence was with them, physically. That voice is sounding again today. He has said, the kingdom of heaven is within your reach because God is here not physically but in the mode of the most holy spirits God the revealer of secrets by assimilation of the word of God man can achieve physical immortality unbelievable Matthew 4 verse 4 says but he answered and said it is written Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This was also a message to the people of this world. Bread, all food produced in this earth, cannot cause you to live, cannot immortalize you. They are products of a fallen world, a dying world. They can only cause you to live as immortal, which is not living not as far as Jesus of Nazareth, his preeminence is concerned. Living as immortal is only dying gradually. 
is only dying slowly. John 6, 63 It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. The word of God which as they wrote is spirit and life is actually spiritual and life-giving. Life-giving means that word is capable of hatching the smallest unit of life in your body. True life. The life that never runs dry. The life that is everlasting. A certain kind of cell that is superior to suke. Mortal life. If that life-giving is unable to extend lifespan, if that life-giving is unable to give life, ever-lasting life, then it is virtual, without substance. The spirit does not need to receive life. It is already alive forever. It already has ever-lasting life. It does not matter if it's the spirit being of a pure hominid or impure hominid. They have ever-lasting life already. Because one must first be alive to be able to burn in a lake forever. The spirit quickeneth. The spirit being is the one to eat the word, the word that is life-giving, and then quicken the body. Because the body is what needs salvation. Body is what needs salvation. The body is what needs to be born again. It's like planting a seed. Smallest of all seeds, it takes a long time to see results. But when it grows, that tree becomes a chief of herbs. The seed that must add seed is away. That cell is away. The smallest unit of life, immortal life. This does not mean that every word of God will give life. If God says, come here, that does not mean that come here will give life. There are messages, and there are messages. The kind that is life-giving, the kind that is away hatching, is the kind that you call a Eucharist, holy food. A message that has to do with the deep things of God. Things only revealed by the revealer of secrets himself. The kind that is not gotten or searched out unless the God himself reveals it. That kind of message is what is needed. That kind of message is what you need to eat. And that kind of message is what is sounding now. Times are changing. Take heed. The sounding of this message and its echoes are telling you that the kingdom of heaven is within your reach. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There is a voice speaking somewhere. A voice that you know, you, the Spirit be. He is speaking. Hear ye him. And it's my utmost privilege to echo that voice. Voice of the Seven Trump. life to life.